This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Kamala Harris's family left Berkeley in 1977 when Shamala Gopalan Harris got a teaching and research job at McGill University in Montreal. Kamala was 12. One of her contemporaries told me Shamala moved after getting passed over for a job in a time when women in science weren't well-respected. That scientist, Mina Bissell, would later hire Shamla at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory to bring her back to the East Bay. Harris speaks very little about her time in Canada. There was a language barrier. She jokes that she sounded like a duck because she was constantly asking, qua, 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 what, what, what? But those formative years paved the way for what would come next in Harris's life. The pivotal decision on where to get her education and what to learn. I'm Tal Cope. And I'm Joe Garofoli. And this is Chronicle. Who is Kamala Harris? Episode 4. Why a prosecutor? It was in high school in Montreal that Harris started to think about becoming a lawyer, in particular, a prosecutor. It happened after she learned that one of her best friends was being molested by her father. She talks about it in a campaign ad. And so I said to her as soon as she told me, well, you have to come stay with us. And a big part of the reason I wanted to be a prosecutor was to protect people like her. And in fact, the vast majority of my career as a prosecutor was about protecting women and children, including a significant period of time where I specialized in child sexual assault cases. But she yearned to go back to the U.S., and she decided to go to the same college as one of her heroes, the lawyer and Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall. So in 1982, she enrolled at Howard, a historically black university in Washington, D.C., that was founded in 1867, two years after the Civil War ended. It takes you back in time to all of that legacy. This is Jill Lewis, a friend of Harris's from Howard. And that's what you feel when you walk the halls of campus. When you're on the yard, you really feel a sense of duty to take your place in that legacy. She remembers a high school teacher asking her if she really wanted to go to a college where everyone was the same. We were definitely not the same. We shared a heritage and we shared a legacy, but we came from everywhere. And so I had never met a woman who was South Asian and West Indian and had come from California and had the experiences that she had. Here's Harris talking about Howard in her memoir, The Truths We Hold. We weren't just told we had the capacity to be great. We were challenged to live up to that potential. There was an expectation that we would cultivate and use our talents to take on roles of leadership and have an impact on other people, on our country, and maybe even on the world. Lewis and Harris met as sorority sisters at Alpha Kappa Alpha. AKA is not a sorority in the frat row sense. Long after college, its 300,000 members would also provide a vast network of influential and prominent backers and campaign volunteers for Harris. Chronicle columnist Otis Taylor Jr. says that Greek life means something different in the Black community. Greek life for white people is very different from Black people. 
you've got to understand that Greek life for black people, particularly on white campuses, um, it sprouted as out of a necessity for people to have like-minded people and people who looked like them um, an outlet to express themselves and not be vilified for it. But more so, it's about linking with a professional network for the rest of your career. So the idea was, when I was in college, um, my mother stressed to me that I had to join a black fraternity. So you know, when I embarked on my career, I could get my foot in the door by reaching out to a member. That's what AKA is. Uh, I would say it's more about empowerment of the black woman. The black woman is more than your mammy. We're more than your house cleaners. We're more than your seamstresses. We can be business leaders. We can be lawyers. Hell, we can even be presidents. That is what that organization represents. I want to point out that Otis didn't take his mom's advice and join a fraternity. Jill Lewis recalls one night when 38 of their sorority sisters jammed into a three-bedroom apartment. Some were working on service projects, some were preparing dinner, many were sitting on the floor. A discussion broke out, Lewis remembers, that was so on brand for Kamala because it was equal parts serious and equal parts laughing and joking. She talked about what it was like to have the heritage that she had and to be called derogatory names about a variety of heritages. She could receive derision for her South Asian heritage. She could receive derision for being a black woman. And she could receive derision for being a woman who was the child of immigrants. And she was talking about that experience and how you learn to brush it off, how you keep moving, no matter what people are saying. And then we segue pretty quickly into who had the best recipe for curry chicken. Lewis says the environment at Howard wasn't just about being supportive. It was also about tough love. And it prepared Harris for the attacks she'd face in the political world. Do not think that this is just a situation where there's always praise. There's correction. There's uplifting in all those ways. It's iron sharpening iron. Lewis says Howard students didn't wear jeans much. It was business casual in the yard and in class. In their time, the highest compliment you could give someone was thorough, as in, she's thorough, she can get the job done. She says there were cool people, but it wasn't about being cool. It was about achieving. Fortified with that belief in herself, honed in Berkeley and at Howard, Harris came home to the Bay Area to attend law school at the University of California's Hastings College of the Law in San Francisco. When Harris told her friends and family that she wanted to become a prosecutor, many of them were incredulous. They knew the history of prosecutors framing people of color without evidence, of using the power of the office to perpetuate injustice. But Harris wanted to change the system from the inside. She thought of the legacy of prosecutors who went after the Klan in the South, Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy protecting freedom riders. And she thought of her mother saying, don't let anybody tell you who you are. You tell them who you are. So she told her family who she wanted to be. And I said, well... I've decided I'm going to be a prosecutor. (laughs) And you're all laughing because you probably have a sense of who my family is. But what I said then is what I absolutely maintain today after a career as a prosecutor. Law enforcement has such a profound and direct impact on the most vulnerable among us and has as its responsibility and job 
to not only give those often voiceless people a voice in a system, not only give them safety, but also give them dignity. She started in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office in 1989. Judge Carol Brosnahan remembers Harris as a baby prosecutor at the Berkeley Municipal Courthouse in the late 1980s. A lot of attorneys think they can get by on their charm, their talent, uh, but she worked at it. She wasn't an easy prosecutor in terms of uh, being a softy, but she was not an unreasonable person either. And that's, that's a talent in a prosecutor. I mean, uh, sometimes you'll have prosecutors who try to treat a petty theft case like a murder, and she didn't do that. <laughs> Brosnahan retired this year after 41 years on the bench. She was a Harvard Law School classmate of Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the late 1950s. They were two of only nine women in a class of 525. While there were more young female lawyers when Harris started practicing law in the late 80s, Brosnahan says the sexism was still around. I had somebody say to me, well, you know, how, sh how should I address you? And I'd say, well, your honor would be fine, but uh, <laughs> I still... At, at, at my advanced age, there were a couple of defendants who uh, called me sweetie. <laughs> Judge Brosnahan was married to James Brosnahan, a partner at Morrison & Forrester, one of San Francisco's most prestigious law firms. She wanted to recommend Harris for a job there. Uh, I saw a lot of attorneys come through in the 41 years that I was a judge. I think I recommended three altogether to go to work for my husband. Uh, and uh, Camel was probably one of the first. But Harris declined the offer. She liked being a prosecutor, and uh, she felt she was doing some good in what she did. I've always been impressed with people who find their niche. They know, they know what they're good at. She chose the hardest, hardest way on all sides because law enforcement didn't trust her. And you can see that advocacy groups have been uncomfortable with the idea of someone who's ever been a prosecutor. This is Susie Loftus, a longtime friend and colleague of Harris. We heard from her in episodes one and two. She says Harris chose to be a prosecutor because of the values she grew up with. So she chose a path that was, um, that there was natural conflict inherent in it, but I think she did that because she recognized that bringing those, she had the unique ability to bring those worlds together and start a new chapter of we're not going to relegate law enforcement exclusively to people who have one ideology. Harris spent nine years as a prosecutor in Alameda County before the San Francisco DA's office hired her away in 1998. That office was run by Terrence K.O. Hallinan, a hero in local progressive circles. He was a year away from winning re-election, but four years after that, he would run again and lose to Kamala Harris. In 1998, the DA's office was a mess, a huge backlog of cases, one computer for every two attorneys, no database to track cases. It didn't even have email. Plus, morale was terrible. One day, 14 attorneys returned from lunch to find out they'd been fired. After 18 months, Harris moved over to the city attorney's office, hired by Louise Rennie, the first woman to hold that job in San Francisco. Harris led a team that worked on family and children's services, and she worked on policies that the Board of Supervisors eventually adopted. It was that success that reinforced her view that she could make changes from within the system. 
but she still wanted to be a prosecutor. So she started making plans to run for district attorney. That's when Susie Loftus met Kamala Harris. She'd just come home from the East Coast to go to law school and heard Harris speak at a domestic violence consortium meeting in San Francisco. She spoke about the role of the prosecutor as someone who really stood up for victims and who was a champion of civil rights. And she talked about her personal story at that time of coming from a family of people who cared about civil rights and how she had to defend her choice to be a prosecutor. So it's interesting because the very first time I ever heard her speak, she was talking about this conflict or this apparent conflict between being someone who cares deeply about communities and justice and civil rights and who chose a career uh, as, as a prosecutor. Gary Delanis was the head of the San Francisco Police Union. We heard from him earlier as well. He'd heard that Harris was planning to run from Mayor Willie Brown, who dated Harris in the mid-1990s and later appointed her to two state commissions while he was still leading California's assembly. Delanis started calling cops in East Bay and prosecutors he knew in Alameda County to learn more about Harris. Her reputation with them was good. She was a pretty good prosecutor. I checked her out with... uh the Oakland Police Officers Association, who obviously dealt with her all the time, and they said that uh, they felt she did a pretty good job as a prosecutor over there. But the police union was going to endorse Bill Fazio. He was a defense attorney who had represented some police officers and was more conservative than Hallinan. Then Delanus got a call from a wealthy donor to the National Democratic Party who lives in San Francisco. The donor wanted to have lunch. So they met at the Washington Square Bar and Grill, then a power large spot for political players in town. They like to call it the wash bag. So I met him for lunch at the wash bag, and uh, he, he said, oh, you know, I just got off the plane. I've been playing golf with Bill. You know, you should have Clinton, you know, like name dropping. And, uh, and oh, yeah, you know, I, I was never a guy that was that fascinated with, with big talkers. But uh, I said, yeah, okay, great. So he said, well, you ought, to be, you ought to be endorsing Kamala. And I said, well, you know, we're endorsing Fazio, but we can talk again if there's a runoff. Oh, you know, you're making a big mistake. She's going to be president of the United States someday. I'll never forget it. He said that. And I looked at him like, you know, what are you smoking? And I'm just, I'm sitting back, look at this guy going, oh, is this guy full of shit or does he know more than I know? Well, he knew a lot more than I knew. As we talked about in episode two, Harris had to get through some other elections first. But she did. And in 2016, she punched her ticket to the nation's capital. That's what we talk about next time on Chronicle. Kamala Harris goes to Washington and takes a big left turn. The producer of Chronicled is King Kaufman. Artwork and design by Tam Duong, Danielle Millette-Parks, and Yoli Martinez. Thanks to Tim O'Rourke, Erica Carlos, and Karen Creighton. Audio excerpted courtesy Penguin Random House Audio from The Truths We Hold by Kamala Harris, read by the author. Chronicled is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. For full access, visit sfchronicle.com pod. 